You're listening to Jet Nation Radio, the official podcast of JetNation.com. The largest independent fan site in the NFL. Be sure to check out our forums and talk all things Jets with thousands of other diehard Jets fans. Now, to get you up to date on all the latest Jets news, notes, and quotes, here are your hosts, Glenn Naughton, Dylan Terriman, and Alex Varallo. Good evening, Jets fans. I am Glenn Naughton. This is Jet Nation Radio. Thank you, as always, for taking the time to join us to talk a little bit about uh, our New York Jets. This will be a solo episode. Uh, similar to last week, some craziness for both Dylan and Alex in terms of their work situations. Uh, as as some of you know, you know, as we found out during the the height of the COVID situation, Alex works in a, a, a job where he has to coordinate shipping, and that gets a little crazy. And uh, apparently, that's gotten a little bit nuts again, given the situation with the gas shortage in some states. And uh, and Dylan's been uh, working like uh, 65 hours a day for a few weeks straight. So we told him to just stay off the air tonight if he was even home to uh, get himself rested up. So it'll be me, uh, short-ish episode tonight. Because let's face it, um, this is that, that lull, that time of year where, you know, even though you're coming off a, a rookie mini camp or mini camp where the Jets supposedly, you know, the good news there, the Jets had 70, 80 participants. Um, even though it wasn't mandatory, that was great to hear, but not a lot of media access, not, you know, not, we don't even, we don't have second, third, fourth, fifth, any hand information, um, to, to, to go over. So it's, it's not, you know, there's not as much information available as there has been in years past, even with the rookie mini camp, uh, Zach Wilson was apparently put in a spot where he was tough to see for the media, not much different than what the Jets did with Sam Donald his first couple of days. I remember being out there and uh, in training camp, and there were times where they had him on the farthest field possible um, away from the action, just working with coaches. So, not a lot to cover there, but we will cover, uh, you know, something I was thinking about today, looking at this team, looking at their, their the holes on this roster and the amount of cap space they have, and of course the amount of cap space they can create, which we've discussed at length. Um, there's There's still some moves the Jets could be making, and... I'm sure, I'm, I'm certain, in looking at the way this roster is put together, th- this team, I mean, they, they want to be the best team they can be. This isn't like the last few years where it's like, are they tanking? Are they experimenting? Are they dabbling? Are they holding back money here? Are they holding back there? This, I mean, this team is, you know, they're not, they're not going to win the Super Bowl, but this team doesn't look like they're going to be content to win four or five games and then, uh, you know, see what we can do next off season. They're, they're doing what they can. So with that in mind, it's kind of like, okay, you've, you're sitting on 28 million in cap space. You could free up, you know, I, I think Crowder stays Jamison Crowder. Of course they could save 10 million by cutting him, but even, you know, some other guys, uh, the two prime guys being Alex Lewis and Greg Van Roten, you know, there's there's about ten million to be saved there. Maybe what did I think it's six if you cut Lewis for Van Roten somewhere in that ballpark. I might be off by, you know, a million or so. But they're in a position where they have twenty eight million. They could easily have you know thirty five million. Um, and and there are guys out there 
on the open market who are who are waiting for deals and who can improve this roster. So we're going to take a look at some of the free agents out there who who can make this team better. I think, you know, specifically uh, the, the weird one is corner because that's, you know, between even, even at linebacker, like there are some serious needs at linebacker, but there are some guys on the roster who have flashed some ability that you think, okay, maybe they're going to lean on that guy. Maybe this is going to be his audition. Corner, not so much. Um, they really need some bodies there, and there are a few on the free agent market who who could be had. And again, especially for a team with their situation, with their cap situation. Uh, we're also going to talk about the depth chart at receiver and offensive line because this is a lot different than what we've seen in recent years. We'll cover the schedule. Uh, as I said, it was it was leaking out in dribs and drabs when I did that uh, that 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 very quick show last week and it wasn't official so we kind of laid off a little bit but we'll talk about that tonight and uh and before we go any further uh want to thank our sponsor mile social if you're a business owner small medium large business whatever it may be and you're finding that you don't have enough time to manage all of your social media platforms whether it's facebook twitter instagram tiktok whatever it may be uh check out mile social you can check them out at milesocial.com. That's M-I-L-E social.com, Mile Social. Uh, to help managing all the social media needs and platforms for your business, go to milesocial.com, be it Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, any other platform, Mile Social has got you covered. So give them a look. Great sponsor. Been with us for years. And um, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll kick things off here by looking, as we've said, I mean, I, you know, I've been saying it. Everyone's been saying it. it you know, it's not, not that I, not this is something that I've stumbled upon. Uh, this is what anybody who follows this team closely knows that there are a ton of questions at the cornerback position. You know, we like Bryce Hall. We think he can be a player. We think his, I, I think, I think his floor is uh, number two corner. And I think that's where he'll be this year. And I I would like for this team to go out and add a guy to play opposite him. And the you know the seemingly obvious choice that a lot of people keep mentioning, I've mentioned him, Richard Sherman, 49ers free agent, played for Robert Sala, makes sense, this, that, and the other thing, experienced, winner, leader, all these things. But for me personally, I think 33 years old, put off major injury, and, you know, it seems any time the conversation about Richard Sherman potentially coming to the Jets, that conversation doesn't take place without somebody mentioning the fact that he, he loves the West Coast, that he, born and bred West Coast guy, spent his entire career out there, uh, you know, whether it was up north in Seattle or down south in San Francisco, he has been a West Coast dude. And he's, you know, probably a good enough player that he knows if he just waits it out, someone on that in that part of the country is going to give him a call. And even if it's not on the coast, he probably wants to stay as close to that coast as possible. Meaning the Jets are one of the last places he would want to come, despite how much he loves Robert Sala. So I don't, even though his name keeps coming up and there's the connection with Sala, I don't know that that's going to happen. The other guy, Steven Nelson released by the Steelers uh, a couple months back. And I, I talked about this 
mentioned it on Twitter, mentioned it on the show. I'll touch on it again, uh, touch on it again very briefly. I've got my questions. Um, as I said, when you're talking about a high-level starter at a premier position, it worries me that his previous club was happy to let him walk uh, and couldn't get anything for him in trade. And he's now been out there for a couple of months. I saw a tweet the other day. I forget who, one of the many insiders. You know, seven teams have tried to sign Steven Nelson. Well, seven teams might have tried, but seven teams obviously don't think Steven Nelson is worth whatever Steven Nelson thinks he's worth. Um, so if teams have him pegged as an eight, nine, ten million dollar a year guy, and he thinks he's a fourteen, fifteen million, and I'm just throwing these numbers out. I've not heard any rumors. Um, you know, obviously there's a, there's a, dis- a disparity in in what teams are willing to offer and what Steven Nelson is willing to take. So are the Jets among those teams? Are the Jets do the Jets have some interest at a certain price point, or are they not interested at all? All we know is the Jets need another corner on this roster. Of course, you know they yes they they drafted a few guys. You know they draft they I mean they drafted a ton of DBs obviously, but you know Jason Pennock is the only really true corner, um, or the only guy who's you know truly a candidate to play on the outside. Um, but is, is he a guy who's going to be a legitimate starter year one? I mean, he may win the starting job by default, but I'm not sure he's going to be ready, you know, week one to line up as a as starting cornerback in this league. Um, just, you know, haven't – or the, the Jets haven't done a good enough job of building that depth chart. And I understand. I've, look, I've said it myself. You're not going to build an entire team in a couple of off-seasons. And that's basically what's been asked of Joe Douglas because of how bad this Jets roster was. It's getting better, and we're going to cover some of that later. But uh, a name that I haven't heard mentioned, and this is the guy I wanted to get to because I liked him a lot a few years ago, wanted him as a free agent, but now he's that kind of few years older, and it's like, has he lost a step? I honestly haven't watched much of him since, or I haven't watched much of him in, in the last couple of years since he was last a free agent. But Bashad Breeland, he played for the Chiefs last year. He had a couple of really solid years a couple of seasons ago. He's he's not a young guy, but he's 29. He's certainly not 33, uh, you know, Richard Sherman territory. He's currently listed as the 37th rated free agent. Um, that's uh, per NFL trade rumors. They've got the the full list here of of uh, you know the top available guys, and Breland is on there. And I'm thinking, is he a cheaper guy who would come in who has played well at times, um, or do you look at a guy like Garyon Conley, who honestly he's been a bust uh, in terms of you know expectations versus production. But again, if you're if you're desperate for bodies the way the Jets are, maybe you kick the tires on Conley. But Breland specifically is a guy that I really like. Um, or I should say really liked a few years ago. Um, again, it's going to be mostly older guys. You know, Prince Mukamara, a couple of years ago when he was a free agent, I said, bring him in on a one-year deal. And I, I would consider it again now. I mean, that, that's how thin the Jets are at corner. I'm not sitting here, don't don't say, oh, my God. I listened to Glenn the other day. He said Prince Mukamara is a legitimate number one corner. That's not what I'm saying. I don't know what he is at this point at 32 years old. 
I just know that Hubbard is bare at that position for the Jets. So even if even if you're just bringing these guys in to compete, to push some of the younger guys, I'd have no issue with that. So, no, I'm not sitting here saying that the you know bring in Breland and bring in Mukamara and you know you're you're recreating Revis Cromartie. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying bless Austin didn't play well enough last year to justify passing on a corner, uh, you know, of the caliber who is of the caliber of some of these guys I'm mentioning. I'm saying that while there is some potential there, Lamar Jackson didn't do nearly enough to say, okay, we can, we don't have to make a move in that spot. You've got Bryce Hall, you've got Pinnock, and you've got a bunch of guys who have either played, eh, football, guys who have played bad football, or guys who just haven't played much football at the pro level. So I don't see how the Jets can sit tight. Um, I don't know if they're, I mean, again, with a player like Breland, it's entirely possible they don't like him. I feel like, you know, for a player of his caliber, for what he would probably command financially, a move like that would make sense. But it's, uh, I think, I just think he's an underrated guy. Um, and if you go back, you know, I think it was three years ago, I was, I was kind of, you know, all over Twitter, you know, mentioning him as a, a possible short-term guy who could give you some quality starts. So we'll see what happens there if the Jets do address corner. Um, again, Conley, I'm not as high on. Josh Norman, he's, I mean, he's got to be done. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go anywhere near that guy at this point. But those, those are the top guys. And the Jets have the money, uh, and that's just corner. You know, let's let's look at uh, let's look at the linebacker position, where the Jets have you know again not a lot of options. Of course, you know they drafted a couple of guys who they feel they can convert from safety to linebacker, and maybe that works out. But you know the name that jumps out at me, and I, you know I know there have been some injury issues, but just. Again, kick the tires. What's what's the heart? You probably get him on a cheap deal. Quan Alexander, right? He's bouncing back from an injury, but that guy was an absolute monster. And he's a player who you look at and say, look, if he's eighty percent, if he's seventy five percent of what he was, he's a he's a quality starting player who has proven he can play in this league. So I would happily consider him uh, if I were Joe Douglas and the Jets. Quan Alexander. Um, some other guys out there, you know, knocking around who, who could help this team right now. Um, again, there, you know, there aren't as many holes as there were. You know, like, like you look at a guy like Mitchell Schwartz, who's a good tackle, but that's not – you've got – I think, I think the, the Jets clearly like Fant. You know, he had some bonus money due a few weeks ago that he would have gotten by now, meaning, he, you know, he's their guy. You're not going to pay a guy a, a $5, 6000000 million bonus, whatever it was. And then uh, and then cut bait, but um, you know, and I I, I uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, I'm sure. And he may have visited with the Dolphins, as a matter of fact. Um, Malik Hooker. I'm gonna I'm gonna look that up while I'm while I'm talking to you here. Um, I mean, supremely talented guy, who I loved coming into the draft. We knew he had the injury concerns. We knew he had the injury issues, but. Um, yeah, it looks like he is still out there as of a couple of days ago. So Malik Hooker, um, probably not going to get the call there. But man, I just, for, for cheap money, if that guy could, if he was healthy for twelve games, 
He'll probably get you five interceptions back there. Um, just a, a phenomenal player. Um, and I want and another guy I wanted to mention, another veteran, another guy would be a short-term deal um, because the Jets liked it. You know, I think Robert Sala is going to run a lot of different fronts. Uh, and if you found a way to get Melvin Ingram on this team and get him involved, I think he'd be worth looking at. But I think some of the guys they have, you know, I, I think Bryce Huff, we talk, we've talked about him quite a bit on this show. I think they really liked him. I, I, what, I, what I meant, I think he played, I really like him because I think he played really well last year. Um, didn't get credit for, for playing as well as he did. Didn't get as many reps as he should have, to be honest. And I think I, I probably mentioned that a few times during the season. But there are some guys out there who can help. Like I said, you know, whether it's a Sherman, uh, a guy like Nelson, a guy like Ingram, there are some players out there who can contribute. Um, you know, Breland, I'm actually going to, I might go back and try to watch a little bit of Breland, see what I think of that. But don't, uh, don't count him out, you know, as an option for this team. Because, again, a veteran leader uh, is needed in that cornerback room uh, and, you know, a proven player. You know, a guy who's shown he can get it done at the pro level. The other spots, uh, the other things I wanted to talk about were the the depth chart at receiver and guard. How crazy is it to look at this roster and think, you know, coming off a 2-14 season, being the worst offense in the NFL, can't score a damn point. Uh, with the moves the Jets have made this offseason, there's really... It felt like, and I wrote this earlier, I did a, I did a quick editorial on JetNation.com. And uh, if you're not in the forums on JetNation.com, go to the forums on JetNation.com. Uh, best Jets forums on the internet, you know, millions of visitors on a monthly basis. It's busiest, the busiest Jets message board on the web. Uh, tons of banter, tons of back and forth. Um, everyone tries to keep it respectful, but it goes off the rails from time to time, but if you're a diehard fan and you can't get enough talking about this team, uh, the the JetNation.com forums, definitely the place to be. So uh, what I was going to say was the the wide receiver position and the offensive line in terms of how many how many spots there are to be filled. You look at years past uh, and, you know, the last three, four, five years, however far back you want to go, it really seemed like, well, not it seemed like, it, it was, that when training camp rolled around, there were three, four, five open spots on the O-line and at receiver because the talent was just so bad that, you know, a guy could come in and have himself a good couple weeks of practice, and all of a sudden he enters the conversation as a, as a 53-man roster guy. Um, or, you'd, you know, picking, picking guys up off the scrap heap. You know, guys like Chris Hogan, guys like Ryan Khalil, inexperienced guys getting opportunities, which isn't always a bad thing. But, I, you know, I think I, in a perfect world, a guy like Jeff Smith, who I like, probably better serve, you know, practice squad, bottom of the roster guy who doesn't see the field much while you develop him. Because, as I've said, he was, listen, college quarterback, converted to receiver, and a, blazing speed, gifted athletically, would love to see him make this team but probably a guy who only made this roster because of how bad all the other receivers were. Um, so between receiver and guard, or I, should, I, I said offensive line, but really 
right guard is it this year, folks. There is no, you know, uh, parade of potential starters who are showing up at camp because there's not a really good left guard and there's not a really good center and the right guard isn't that good and maybe someone gets a look at tackle. You know, even pre pre uh, Beecham, or sorry, I'm saying you had Kelvin Beecham before you were in the situation you're in right now. And, you know, Beecham isn't great, but you go from Beecham to Becton. Becton obviously isn't going anywhere. And Beecham was a middle-of-the-road starter who was, he was entrenched. He wasn't going anywhere. There was no one threatening to displace him. Um, so really, outside of him, you had a bunch of guys who weren't that good. But now, instead of potential offensive linemen coming to Jets camp thinking, man, there's like five or six open spots on the O-line this year, you know, between starters and backups. You know, there's three spots where I can start. I can win the center job. I can win the guard job. I can win the left, the right, whatever. Maybe I could squeeze the tackle. That, does, that doesn't exist this year. Your left tackle is is locked in. Your left guard is locked in. Your center is locked in. Your right guard is a question mark. And George Fant at right tackle is pretty much locked in. I would be very surprised if somebody supplanted him. Not shocked, but quite surprised. So the way I see it, there is one open spot on this O-line for a starter. And you got a bunch of guys who want it. Me personally, as I've said a million times over, I want Cam Clark to win that job. I, I want Cam Clark to be the starting right guard for this team week one. And if he is, I will be ecstatic. But you got Van Roten, the incumbent starter in that spot. Alex Lewis has some versatility, so he's going to be trying to steal that job. I just mentioned Cam Clark. He's another guy. Another candidate there. Jimmy Murray's a guy who's hung around now for a little bit. I think they like him as a backup center. We'll see where that goes. They brought Dan Feeney in. They bring in Dan Feeney from the Chargers, who I thought was very bad. But he's got a million career starts, so he's going to be fighting for that job. Undrafted free agent lineman Tristan Hoge played center and right guard at BYU. And honestly, looked pretty damn good doing it. So he'll probably get, you know, he'll, he'll get an opportunity to show what he can do. A lot of guys. Corey Levin coming over from Tennessee, you know, not a lot of pro experience. So, you know, he, he's a long shot. You know, some of these guys are long shots, but you really, you're going to have five, six, seven dudes trying to win that right guard job. Cause you know, I don't see Chuma Adoga stealing the right tackle job. And maybe they look at Adoga at guard. Why the hell not? They line every damn lineman you got who isn't a starter and see what they can do with right guard. Because that's really the only spot where you're looking for a starter. And I like Van Roten. Van Roten got better as the season went on. Not a bad player. Would love him to stay on as a depth piece. Uh, you know, get his money that he signed for. He's not an expensive guy. Van Roten be your number two. Cam Clark at right guard. And you're kind of set. That's your O-line. Cam Clark is a nasty mauling dude. And so is Vera Tucker. And so is Becton. Fans crazy athletic. And McGovern's got to prove, man. McGovern's got to bounce back. He, listen, after <laughs> the Jets, man, all the damn time. He was one of the better centers in free agency. Probably the first, it was probably the second best guy. I was wholly on board with signing him. 
He looked good on film. His PFF ratings were good. You know, top, you know, high-level uh, pass blocker. Then last year, he was a complete disaster. Was it coaching staff? Was it scheme? Whatever the hell it was, he needs to get back to that prior form. And if he does, if McGovern gets back to the player he was two years ago, and Vera Tucker's the real deal, and Becton picks up where he left off, and Fant picks up where he left off, which was good but not great player, this team's going to be able to protect the quarterback. And this team's going to be able to run the ball. And protecting the quarterback, obviously, of premium importance. But especially, you know, at this time where you've got a rookie, and he has, for the first time in a long time for any Jets quarterback, he has some top-notch talent around him to throw to. And I tweeted this out earlier. You know, and we said, look, I get it, you know, 40s, not the end of the world, not the be-all, end-all. But isn't it nice to think you're going to have a few guys who can who can put pressure on a defense, who can make the safety sweat a little bit, where they're taking a couple extra steps back because they don't want people getting behind them? Listen to these 40 times, top to bottom. And, of course, listen, of course they're not going to, you know, most of these guys aren't even going to make the roster. But if one or two of these guys, if one or two of these guys can stick and you add them to the guys who were projected to start, I'll tell you what, man. So you got I'm going I'm to go down the 40s right now, the 40 times. Some of these are pro day, so you know maybe they've shaved a half a second or a tenth of a second, whatever, to make a guy look a little better. But these are supposedly pro watches at pro days. Uh, DJ Montgomery, 4-3. Elijah Moore, 4-3-5. Vincent Smith, 4-3-6. Jeff Smith, 4-3-6. Denzel Mims, 4-3-8. Manasiah Bailey, 4-3-9. Braxton Berrios, 4-4. Josh Malone, 4-4. Marquise Cole, 4-4-8. Corey Davis, 4-5. Jamison Crowder, 4-5-6. Keelan Cole, 4-5-9. Lawrence Cager, no official 40 time. Found a couple things, as I said, between a 4-5 four, four, and a 4-7. So let's say he's a 4-6, four, 4-7. Four, I mean, not every, not every guy's going to be a burner. But, I mean, obviously... Elijah Moore is going to play. Denzel Mims is going to play. Corey Davis is going to play. James and Crowder is going to play. That's four guys. So you figure you got room for one more guy. Well, Keelan Cole actually is another one. He's going to play. But, you know, you want to get some burners on the field? Let, let's see Vincent Smith. I, I think Vincent Smith makes the team. He would be my dark horse. I'm really not even a dark horse. Dark horse is a guy you don't expect to make it. But he's just sort of overshadowed, of course. I just think he was a guy who was progressing nicely a couple years ago. But I don't rule out Jeff Smith. I never rule out Jeff Smith. I haven't for the last couple years. I think every team loves the idea of a burner at receiver who's a multi-purpose guy. Uh, you know, gadget guy, similar to the way the, you know, the, the Steelers in the past would use Antoine Randall-L. I'm not saying he's Antoine randall I'm just saying when you have a guy who can who can – who played college quarterback, who is a developing receiver. And really, for the way he played last year, I, my opinion, I thought he looked all right for a guy who was adjusting to the position. Only played a couple years at receiver at BC. So that's a huge adjustment, a huge leap. So the point here is, again, as was the case with guard, how many, spot, how many open spots are there legitimately? Legitimately. The past couple years, it feels like there's five, six open spots. You know, you got Robbie and then a bunch of other guys. 
who, you know, you kind of hope for. You look at the potential. You look at the ceiling. You cross your damn fingers because you don't know if these guys can play or not. But you went out, you got Davis, who you know can play. You know Crowder can play. You know Cole in a you know in whatever role you know he's not a number one or two guy, but as a bottom of the the depth chart guy he can play. Denzel Mims, <laughs> don't get me going on how they they screwed him over last year, but in the limited reps we saw from him, some of the acrobatic catches, getting behind defenses, we he showed that he can play. And then it just comes down to to Elijah Moore who might be the best of the group. Now we got to get him on the field. We got to see what he can do. I get all that. But this is a guy, legitimate first-round grade, who they got at 34. So really, Moore, Mims, Davis, Crowder, Cole, that's five. Five guys who are locked to make this roster. That means all these other dudes, they're fighting for one spot. Possibly two. I like the idea of carrying seven receivers nowadays. It's just, you just got to have receivers. Got to have them. And maybe that's, you know, I know Chris Herndon is going to be tight end one, but Kenny Yaboa, who I've talked about quite a bit, also like maybe these guys, you know, these are guys you can split out in the slot, win some matchups, create some mismatches with their size. So they're, they're going to have a few different options here. But I'm just loving the fact that on the offensive line, which has been neglected for too long, and a wide receiver where there just hasn't been enough talent of late, this team is going to be looking at really, they're going to have a bunch of dudes fighting, fighting like hell for one or two roster spots. Well, on the O-line, I should say one, one starting job. Uh, you know, of course, there'll be some depth spots there, but it's exciting, man. It's It's better than... It's better than what we've had in years past, where it's just eight dudes and seven of them have a chance to make it just because there's there's nobody blocking them, nobody in the way. So <clears throat> that covers that. And uh, I wanted to go over, of course, the, the schedule. As I said last week, I didn't want to go over the leaked one because we didn't know if it was legitimate or not. We knew a couple things were legit. But now... Now we've got it all laid out in front of us. I'm not going to do the win-loss thing. I mean, come on. Really? Like, it, I, I'm, I'm going to sit here and tell you today who the Jets, how the Jets are going to play the day after Christmas? I mean, Jesus Christ. How many, how many times have we seen a team where, you know, by, by the time Christmas rolls around, you're down, you got nine new starters from opening day? Um, that's just absurd. I get it. People are bored. They need content. They need to say things. Let's you know. Let, let's project six months from now. What's going to happen on Sunday afternoon? Uh, I'm not going to do that today. I may have even done it in years past, but it just feels dumb. But we will talk about the matchups really quickly. Roll through these, and listen. One of the most exciting ones right off the bat: Carolina. They go to they go to Carolina to face Sam Darnold. And you know what's going to piss me off if the Jets lose this game? Not just if the Jets lose this game, because listen, we know that. You know, Sam Darnold, as bad as he was, he's going to be a veteran at this point. This is going to be Zach Wilson's NFL debut. Is he going to be jittery? Are things going to be moving a little bit fast? I mean, look, a lot of rookies start out slow. So I would have, it would have been nice to get Sam later in the year where Wilson's got his feet wet a little bit and it's not as, you know, baptism by fire if they're sending the house and, you know, see how things go there. But what's going to piss me off, not, not if Darnold wins. I mean, that'll piss me off a little bit. But if they do it like... 
if I see Sam Darnold moving the ball this year, um, because the, the the coaching staff is taking full advantage of his abilities, and we're seeing him run it five or six times a game on design runs, and we're and we're seeing the coaching staff make an effort to improve his atrocious play action to make that another thing for defenses to worry about. Because um, listen, any quarterback, no matter how good, no matter how bad. The more tools you have in your toolkit, that, that's that many things that the defense has to plan for, be ready for. And during his time with the Jets, especially under Adam Gase, the teams did not have to worry about design runs, and teams didn't have to worry about legitimate play action. Uh, the, the, the work we saw from Sam Darnold in play action was some of the worst I've ever seen. Uh, and, that, and that's, you know, listen, some guys are better selling it than others, but it was just so bad. It was, it, it was coaching bad. It was like, okay. It, it, there, there's, there's, it's the least convincing play action I've ever seen consistently, or some of the worst, I should say. And it's not getting better, and that's, that's on the coaches. So if I see Sam coming out and freezing linebackers with play action and completing passes and you know picking up 8 yards here and 15 yards there and 12 yards there on design runs, that's going to really piss me off. In a, in a very, <clears throat> excuse me, as a Jets fan, I can't help but think they'll find a way to lose that game. Like I said, I'm not going to go to and do predictions, but just wanted to throw that out there with the Sam thing. I think uh, I think Joe Brady is a guy who's highly respected, and we'll see him, you know, try to maximize Sam's talent. How good he is remains to be seen, but I would I would be I would wager quite a fair sum that he will be a much better player than he was with the Jets. <clears throat> From there, it's week two. The Jets come home, play the New England Patriots with assuming Cam Newton at quarterback, but uh, don't rule out Mac Jones. Um, at all, I, I would I would actually say that's a fifty fifty toss up at this point. Um, so that's at home against New England. They then travel to Denver for the Broncos, <clears throat> a four o'clock start. That's actually their only four o'clock start of the year. Everything else is either one p.m. or uh, their one or two prime time games. Uh, one against I think just the one. In fact, Indianapolis, uh, and I think that's it. But so it's at Denver. Then they come home again, play Tennessee, then back on the road, coming out this way to London. I booked my hotel tonight. Uh, game tickets not available yet, but hotel Central London Hotel is booked, so I will be there. It will cost me a damn fortune between bringing the wife, the kids, and dealing with the exchange rate and the fact that I ain't sitting in the nosebleeds. I'm saving my money now. Probably be the most expensive tickets I've ever purchased in my life. They had better not. They better show up for that game. Uh, they get a bye week after the trip to London. Then they head up to New England for the Pats. Back home for the Bengals. Back on the road for the Colts. Home against the Bills. Home against Miami. At Houston. Home against Philly. Home against New Orleans. Thinking about flying out to the States for that. If I have a couple pennies tucked away, fly out Saturday night. Check out the Phillies. The the Philly the Jets Philly game Sunday, stay in town for a week. Check out the Jets Saints the following Sunday, and then get on a plane that night and head back home. <clears throat> we'll see about that though. Uh, following week after the Saints, they are at Miami. Then another pair of back to back games, which I will not be out for because it'll be the day after Christmas and then New Year's. We'll be spending that here with the family when they've got the Jaguars at home. So that'll be a good one. Trevor Lawrence versus uh, Zach Wilson, if, if everyone is knock on wood healthy. The following week, Tampa Bay 
as Brady and the Patriots. Oh, I said, listen, is he Brady and the Bucks come to town? Uh, again, all 1 p.m. games, and then they wrap the season up in Buffalo at the Bills. Hopefully, hopefully some of those games. Hopefully. Jacksonville, Tampa, any of those. <clears throat> hopefully there's reason to watch. You know, hopefully this team finds a way. Because, listen, as I said, if the O-line settles, if Mosley's healthy and they add a corner, I think they can, uh, you know, they're going to have to do – they're still going to have to make a few moves and some guys are going to have to stay healthy if this team wants to win seven or eight games. And even doing that will uh, will require some breaks – but winning seven or eight games often means that you're kind of in the wild card hunt late in the year. And that would be nice for a change, wouldn't it? Uh, I know I'm tired of, you know, looking forward to the draft at week, actually I think it was week two this year. Once they got blown out by the 49ers backups, you knew this was going to be a top three pick type of season. And uh, quite personally, I've had enough of those. I'm sure you have too. So that'll wrap it up for us tonight, Jets fans. Like I said, just myself, Dylan, Alex, busy, busy, busy. Uh, next week's show is uh, we we may not sure this week next we may skip a week uh, because let's face it, uh, I think every year around this time when when news dries up, if there's nothing going on, we'll take a week or two where none of us are on. Um, but that'll be that'll be game time decision a little later in the week. So as I said earlier, check out our sponsor, Mile Social, to handle your social media platforms for your business, M-I-L-E-Social.com. That's MileSocial.com. Have yourself a great night, Jets fans, and hopefully the next time we're live, it'll be uh, it'll be the three of us kicking some ideas around. Until next time, Jets fans, have a great night. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Jet Nation Radio. Glenn is at AceFan23, and Alex is at NYJetsLife24. Until next time, go Jets. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.